Hey duels and welcome back to another episode of the Romantically Lit Podcast featuring two undercover hopeless romantics who kiki and review different black romance novels from across the diaspora. It's your girl, Hannah. And it's your girl, Odelia. And on this week's episode, we continue to showcase the most beautiful young black love in this 2024 year of our Lord Love Radio. Oh my goodness. Okay. By Ebony Liddell. All right. We covered a lot in the earlier chapters. So please, please, please go ahead and review our other episodes before diving into this one. Because we're going to be talking about chapters 13 to 18. And <laughs> we didn't think it was going to get this good. <laughs> Y'all hear that giggle? It got better. Um, but head on over to your favorite audio streaming platform and check out all those first couple of episodes, as well as other equally romantic books that we have reviewed on this podcast, such as A.E. Valdez, Three King Story Series, Part 1, Snow King, Catches His Snowflake, as well as Part 2, Winter's Eve, Then, Now, and Always. Or just continue browsing along. We've reviewed a lot of things in the past, so y'all go and find your cup of tea. As always, in this love shack of ours that we call our Lecoq podcast, we welcome all different types of love tropes. Some that we hate, some that we love, some that we adore, some that we're indifferent to. I mean, the whole nine yards. And we know we reviewed something just for you. And so, like sand through an hourglass. Girl, so- <laughs> get into it. <laughs> Not the days of our lives. Take it back now, y'all. Come back, as my beautiful co-host stated, I don't have another adjective for her today. But uh, she's always beautiful, though, guys. She's always beautiful. Um, With that being said, we're going to jump right back into it. The last time we saw our characters, um, one of them, Miss Danny, Danny Ford, Danielle Ford, known more formally, was planning a date to Motown, Motown Museum. And um, (laughs) somebody didn't close their WhatsApp page. Oh, my God. Who did that? It was me, guys. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Hannah's shaking her head at me. Anyways, what I would like to... It's very tough for producers in this climate, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so back to Danny and them. (laughs) She's taking... She's texted... She's left somebody to give a note to Prince. Sorry, I I was going to skip and go through the card, but I remembered. Yes. So she's left a note. Who did she give it to to put on his... In his car or on his doorstep or something? I think she dropped it oh, by herself, herself and then ran off. I'm just like, girl, He's like, you didn't stop by. He's like, just I'm going to come scoop you at 630 next Saturday or something. Be ready. And he's like, I like that you planned it, but I'm nervous. I Normally I have control of the situation, but, you know, we'll see. And she'll be like, I'm competitive. I'm going to plan the better date. Just you wait and see. And he said, all right, don't get too cocky now, woman. Calm down. So she picks him up in her car. They drive up to, we don't know Detroit. We're going to assume this is somewhere in the downtown core. Um, <laughs> I'm not it, even going to assume it's in Detroit. I'm going to. This place is in Detroit. It has to be Detroit. Yeah, I know. But I don't know where downtown Detroit is. 
it's i feel like they put the address in the book did they actually they did when they're driving in the car the first line in that chapter is the actual address something wellington anyway how did i have to go to this place yeah um we just have to but anyways so they they're going up there because the way the guy explained it or not the guy her godfather is that originally barry gordy had bought the line of houses barry gordy jr boulevard oh that's very obvious yeah that's very so he's on any barry gordy boulevard i'm sorry (laughs) i'm good on any mlk boulevard he could he could i heard summertime today um any her so they pull up and he's like i haven't been here since i was a kid funny enough uh danny has never been to the museum but her godfather literally works there that's how she got the in so but he's like it's exciting like this is his thing this is his element i was excited um as more as a history buff but um yeah so they go in her godfather's waiting um i don't really remember his name what was his name the godfather i don't remember his name either i didn't write it down okay so mr godfather <laughs> um we're gonna treat him like he's a brand uh what's his name marlo brandon in the godfather so mr god mr godfather uh he's like welcome i haven't seen you in forever to danny which lets uncle harry uncle harry yeah so uncle harry says i haven't seen you in forever and it lets Prince know that Danny has been avoiding not just her friends, not just really her parents, not just like she's really closed herself down to a lot, a lot, a lot. And it really like it gives an insight that like I think ev- with every like note, he's noticing that whatever happened to her was really bad. But I think here he said someone hurt her, but he's he's not sure who it is. But he, he like something like he can tell whatever happened to her was very bad. So. With that being said, they're like, okay, let's start the tour. And they start the tour, and he gives us a history of things. So like I was saying, Barry Gordy apparently had um, bought the the string of houses that that Motown house was on um, because he did so after writing his first songwriters. He wrote his first song that he gave out for publishing was earning pennies and was like i could do this myself mm-hmm. i could make more money mm-hmm. and that's where motown begun yeah so in doing so of course it became a place of like writing and right and i and from this chapter i learned so much like yeah the fact that my gu- my girl is a response to my guy and he wrote both songs yeah which is crazy and the fact that like what's ain't no mountain high has like three like different 500 versions, versions. And I was like, oh, that that makes so much. There And also, there's some artists, for some reason, I didn't consider as Motown artists, but they are. Like, Marvin Gaye, for some reason. Yeah, Marvin Gaye's Motown. I didn't realize it was a, a Motown. For some reason, I didn't realize the Temptations were Motown artists. That I... I of course, I knew, like, Diana, The Supremes. Gladys um, um, Knight, Robinson, The Pip. Michael Jackson, Jackson 5. Like, yeah. I thought those ones. But for some reason, the Temptations and Marvin Gaye, I was like, oh, I didn't realize. But it makes sense. But, like, the fact that every time people would come to Detroit, um, they would immediately go over there because you're always recording, always putting out. I mean, you think about how many hits they put out between, like, the 60s and the 70s onwards. It's crazy. And then on top of that, like, the the part that I forgot historically that I knew, but, like, the riots were happening. In, the race riots were happening. Yeah. So these things are happening and, like, 
they're writing these songs, but the music they made was so symbolic to the time. Like when you listen to like what's going on and like, yeah, it's it's telling what's happening to them right as it's happening. So, you know, music, sound, lyrics should always be the reflection of the environment that you're in because it's a part of storytelling. That's why our these music, are historians. Our music talks about sneaky links. <laughs> and do you're absolutely right. <laughs> It's very telling of the times. Uh-huh. It really is. Because, you know, music is just a form of, I'm, I'm pretty sure PJ will agree, that music is just a form of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's passing down knowledge. But I definitely want to say that this chapter, I, like you said, the history of Motown music, yeah. how these songs came to be, race riots happening at the same time, is crazy to me. Um, wow, I want to go to Detroit. I want to see this museum. And I'm pretty sure that Ebony Liddell went to this museum and sort of looked I'm around. Sure she's been to it a thousand, a thousand times. times and probably helped her write this particular chapter because when they're describing the sound room um, and this other room and upstairs and, you know, like the whole thing, I felt so, I felt like I was walking with them. Uncle Harry showing me around as well. And yes. it's so fascinating. Throughout this chapter, I also want to say that Prince is throwing his knowledge. Let me tell you, my yeah. boy knows his music. Even Uncle Harry was like, damn. That's why he was like, sign up for this f- this program in the summer because, you know, you're like, smart. You're, you're a star. Yeah. You're going to make it in this field. And I love the fact that he gave Prince a very one in a, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Like, okay, now listen, I'm going to let you go and, like, touch some of these things yeah. here, but please don't make me regret it. Exactly. Because <laughs> this is historical. Okay? Yeah, you're a little clumsy. <laughs> me, me and Prince, we know each other. I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous. But I know... Okay, this is how it happened in my head. <laughs> I know the moment that he placed his fingers on whatever he was touching, a spark the went organ? through his body. Oh, and he was like, this is what I want to do. And this, it, it, everything just clicked. I just have a feeling that's what happened. Yeah. Because he didn't even... But that's what he said. He was like, I feel so inspired. Like, you're sitting in a room where, like, literally thousands of amazing songs the amount of artists that have walked through there they're talking about the fact that like especially in that time period white producers kept trying to recreate that sound and they couldn't what what was it it was the fact that the bathroom was upstairs changing the sound in the walls yeah and barry hated it but luckily for him it made his sound different yeah so you know it's it's amazing it's crazy it really made me want to um go to um, we're going to detroit we are going to detroit <laughs> we're going to detroit. this year we're gonna go to detroit so catch us in detroit on at romantically lit 100 <laughs> on ig twitter and tiktok i'm so excited and i like how our attitudes have sort of changed because we're more knowledgeable now yes i think in, in the, the beginning, beginning we said detroit man like you know what i mean that's <laughs> all i remember that's all i remember much from like harrison ford okay exactly. is it Her- no henry ford henry ford I, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then now diving again the book is an ode to detroit like diving into everything the food the roads yeah um some of these things are being described in the book are alive and well so detroit yeah we're coming we're going to (laughs) d-town what what did they call the book d-town or the d they said we're going to the d D. yeah um yeah and it also made me realize i've read about a like a music museum before but this one was in france it's in um nice and like i've always wanted to go to one so this is if we do go, when we do go, it will be interesting, yeah, to say the very least. Um, but yeah, but I I learned so much, and I felt like Prince, 
and also Princess or Mister Mister Uncle Harry. Uncle Harry was very nice. He's like, you know, Danny's dad says you you do a really good job, and he's a no nonsense man. So he was impressed. Like it's crazy because you're like, oh no, my girlfriend's dad is listening to my stuff. That's right. crazy. Um, yeah, but then he was like you said, he was really impressed by by Prince in general, and again. Danny likes watching PJ in his element. Like, it's there that were, thing again of, like, seeing the person you love talk and do something that they love. And it was just, it was so sweet. It was so... It was <laughs> just so... Even Danny and Uncle Harry were speechless at some point. They're just like, wow, like, you're in, <laughs> really into this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so that's how Chapter 13 went. I loved it. It was so cute. It was tr- it was very very cute. Very, very cute. sweet. Of course, you can't end the night without having a little bite to eat. So, chapter fourteen, we go to Danny's house now. Yeah. So Danny's parents are in Chicago. Yeah, because Valentine's Day weekend, I believe. Yes. And so they're they doing some corny someone. anniversary thing, which I do love. They <laughs> they love each other. No, they're going to a concert. His mom, her mom, is dragging her dad to a yeah. concert. Yeah, and Danny described it as corny. Well, she's a hater at heart because <laughs> there's just no need for that. Yeah. And yeah. And um, at first I was a little bit hesitant. I'm just like, oh, to your house. Okay, now. I was like, oh, we're moving fast. We are. I think because she's just at this point, she's absolutely taken away by by PJ, who's not. So she gives a little tour of the house and they go into Danny's father's office and he has like he, I think in the beginning we look at Danny's mom as more of like the person who's into like the music and whatever. I think PJ says that too. Yeah, because I too was shocked when they described the room and he seems to have his own little stash of musical, yeah. you know, elements that he loves. And so PJ and I were shocked. We're like, oh my god, like he he knows what he's talking about too. Um, and then let's talk about these headphones and the title app. Okay, so I wrote down the headphones thinking me and Mr. Ford were in the same tax bracket. And you're far off. I said, off. Focal headphones, let me, let me get into them. Mm-hmm. I just checked right now with Hana. The cheapest one I saw was $400. $1,000 was next, and then it went up for like two, five, three thousand, five thousand. And I said, me and the military man, <laughs> we, he worked for Uncle Sam. I don't. <laughs> we do not make the same. So, <laughs> um, but... And then, of course, he gets in there and he, he's like, Danny, first of all, is like, don't download that title stuff on the computer. We have a family plan for Apple Music. And he's like, you have to play around with it. And you know what? I will say this because I've had title. I don't I didn't feel the experience that PJ did. But I'm sure because he goes in and he like switches things around. He can play with it. If you are a person like him, that is the app for you. Yeah. If you are a regular, regular, mediocre listener like now, me, now hold on. Why do you I say would say Spotify? I'm not mediocre. I'm just saying, <laughs> and I and I hope you agree with me that you are not a producer or a sound engineer. I don't agree with you. <laughs> so what PJ does on Title app, you don't even know how to uncover those settings. I can learn. Okay. What like it's I hard? feel like it's I feel like there's an innate <laughs> skill to it and okay. you know some things you just can't teach. I can learn. Right. You're a so hater. PJ gets very excited about these headphones and like he's about to he's like, Let me show you. Mm-hmm. Let me sh- expand your musical mindset into something incredible. I'm gonna say right now, this chapter 
finally taught me what DJing is. Yes. Because he like puts like five songs. How together. many concerts have I been to? And I said, what the hell are these? What are you scratching exactly? <laughs> okay. I've never been that down bad. No, I'm just like, what exactly makes you special? You know what I mean? I'm just like, what, what are you, why does everyone cheer and gets excited over you? Like what makes, like, I just don't get it. I mean, I always got it. Um, and that's why I know I could use the title features because I vote like as he, when he said it, I was like, I understand what you're doing because I, I get it. It's a feeling, right? Because music is a feeling it at is. the end of the day. So and there's people who like, you know, they feel it in a special way. Like, you know, like Kanye is a crazy person. Oh, he's but, one of the greatest producers. But when he says he like he, he knows feels music, he like tastes music. I believe him. And that so, is why I again say that's an innate skill. You just and know I have how to that do it. Skill Okay, girl. I want you to get. I want you to get a job. And one day it will jump DJ. out. <laughs> when because you guys hear DJ Double O, already they threw tomatoes at you. Because you remember when we w- their first date scene <clears throat> at the at the rink, yes, <laughs> skating rink, and how he, and how Dan describes how he was able to change the tunes to make sure everything matches. And then when we go into the future, when he goes to Essie's show and stuff, uh-huh. you just know. You know what I mean? You just know. know. Okay, if you believe that. <laughs> so <laughs> he's showing Danny expanding her her mind and run the music, the instruments, the notes, and the whatever. And as they were describing it, I started to realize this is what good DJing is. And he's just like, you know, sometimes the artists, the vocals are not too good, right? So what we do is gonna shave it down a little bit and enhance the background instruments and hence the i don't know the harmonies to make sure it, that feeling comes through so you're practically there doing musical science you know maneuvering watching the crowd seeing how people are moving okay fine it's time for this other aspect of the song the chorus here you have to really study the music and understand what it means in order for you to put a stream and cohesive set mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i said this is what djing is yes but a lot of y'all don't do that no, a lot of you are ass. And that's why I used to ask myself, why are y'all so special? Because it seems like they just get you guys from any e. basement. J. Khaled. Anyway, <laughs> as Danny's listening, she's closing her eyes. Her foot is on um, PJ's lap. And she's like, wow, like the way he's chaining up the music, I love it. But he says something. <clears throat> excuse me. He says something that I always believe, especially in modern music. Because a lot of you cannot sing. A lot of you cannot rap. Yeah. A lot of you can't even whisper properly that producers don't get enough credit because especially in the last 10 to 15 years, if I consider the work that people like 40 does, Metro Booming, uh, who, you know, I guess we'll put DJ Khaled back in there. (laughs) The Dream, like what they do is crazy. They do things that I cannot even imagine. The way in which, Kanye again, the way in which they hear music is, is, is one of a kind so it is and the reason why some of y'all rappers are even here is because your sound engineers and your producers and the people who have the musical ear have done all the work yep they do everything i'm gonna add leon thomas in there leon thomas wrote almost all the r&b music of 2023 i promise you i promise you there is beyond talent there and i know and I know some people like SZA would deny him his flowers. <laughs> no, not Solana Slender. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> but I have to give it to Leon Thomas. He deserves everything of 2023. He gave us every R&B hit that we need- needed. It is what it is. But yeah, 
he should be paid more than what SZA gets paid. That's my opinion. Yes, but it was a very intimate moment. It was. PJ's doing. Um, but yeah, essentially, they're they're just getting into it, and she puts on Brian McKnight, and the significance of Brian McKnight is the fact that her parents listen to him, and she she thinks he's a great singer, but she's never like felt it the way in which her parents have felt it mm-hmm. so she but after he's played around with title in a way that odelia could master she like she's hearing the song in a way that she's never done so before and his vocals come out so much clearer excuse me and um yeah it's just it's just beautiful and she's like whoa but she closes her eyes and he's just watching her get into it. It's like, you know when you tell somebody to watch a movie you really like mm-hmm. and you're just watching to see their reaction at every turning point mm-hmm. to see if they are feeling the same thing that you're feeling about it? Uh, I, that's what I imagine the moment to be like. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I've only ever done that one time. I think with Hanna when I played this Brazilian funk song. And I was like, don't you hear it in your spirit? <laughs> but anyways, um, at some point, she opens her eyes, and this moment to me, I put the page number, page 253. She looks at him, and she's like, I'm crazy about you. And he said, I've been crazy about you. And to me, <laughs> sorry, guys, that meant something to me. I'm sorry. It was just, it was so beautiful. It was beautiful. It's as close as we're going to get to I love you. It's beautiful. They do love each other. Um, well, duh. This is as close as we're going to get to I love you. No, we get close. No, we get closer, but at this moment. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really sweet. Uh, and from there, I saw sparks. She I saw, saw fireworks. I yeah. saw, man, everything. Anything the galaxy can give us, I saw it. It was amazing. And she has never felt closer. She actually did say in the book, I've never, I feel much closer to him now. Than ever and, before, yeah. Um, yeah. Did they start making out? And they started making out, and then she says, let's go upstairs. And he, I love how she describes him. She says, and she says, this is why I love him. Or what I love about him is that his eyes are saying, like, desire, and his features and his breathing are saying, yeah, let's go upstairs. But he still takes the time to be like, are you sure? Like, yeah. is this something that you want? Which is also disappointing in the sense that, like, s- consent should be an automatic thing. Yeah. But because we live amongst literal Neanderthals, it, it's we have to market it as this, like, sexy thing to do. Yeah. So... And it matters so much to someone like her who's clearly had an experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, but she's like, no, let's let's go upstairs. So she goes upstairs, and the last time we see this particular scene in Danny's POV is he's looking around her room and, like, taking in everything. <clears throat> oh, and he remembers to delete title off the, All right. <laughs> the computer because he's not supposed to be at the house. Right. So, And that is a dead giveaway as to someone being there, let me tell you yep um so then we get a, a, a little ellipses that threw me i literally sent Hanna a voice note as i was reading it because i was like oh, okay this is moving really fast and i was like this don't sound like prince because he said something dodgy i was so confused then i was like oh it's that idiot drew so it does a flashback yeah to where we see um what's her name so when she's at the party danny and drew are 
doing things. At the college party. Yeah, and he's like kissing up on her neck in an unwanted manner. And then he says, Are you as was as fun? Are you as free spirit as your girl? That your first girl of all, I was like, referring Ew. to destiny. Hmm? Like what 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 do you mean by that? She instantly froze. Yeah. Which is Honestly, Very the reaction valid. that you're supposed to—that was the reaction I had reading it. Because when I froze, I didn't realize it wasn't pretty. Yeah, because I said, "PJ, why would you say that?" No, I, <laughs> I, I, I actually had to go back and say, "What did I lose, y'all?" <laughs> like we, we were having a fancy party. We were having a fun time. What happened? Um, I'm glad it was a flashback because I could not accept that type of behavior. From PJ, I was like, "PJ," like I said, "You tricked me. I've been hoodwinked this whole time." <laughs> Anyway, so it's actually that gruesome, disgusting, grotesque man drew. Mm-hmm. I think from that first sentence, you guys can already know. You can, you can already tell what type of man he is. If she had a physical reaction, she froze. And he was nibbling on her neck. And he was trying to um, get into her thighs by like pulling up her sundress that she was wearing. Yeah. And she's just like, no, you got to stop. You have to stop this. But of course, Drew being a man with an empty head. Honestly, he should be in prison by right Castrated. now. Yep. Um, he continued, you know what I mean? And it He's got to the point where I'm just like, this is going to start getting violent because he was, I'm pretty sure his grip started tightening on her and everything. And she kept saying, stop. And he said something that, you know, we have to always say consent is constant and consent can change. Yeah. Because she, he says, you were cool with it a few minutes ago. Well, that was you a few can change ago your mind. You're a weirdo. Because why the hell would you say that shit about my friend? Yep. So why would I want to be with you post that? So, of course, now that she said this, sh- you've said this, I don't want to be with you. And that is totally, absolutely fine. Right. Um, we should have done a trigger warning, actually. So sorry. Trigger warning essay. Yeah. Um, if you're, we're so sorry. <laughs> um, but then he, he was like, uh... Oh, yeah, his grip got tighter. He, like, ripped her, her dress, her, her the sleeve of her sundress. And then he said, then she was like, what are you going to do? She's yelling at this point. She's like, what are you going to do, rape me in the middle of the living room? And he's like, nobody would even believe a stupid high school girl like you. And I was just like, just you're the one messing around with a high schooler. Yeah. <laughs> like, think about it. Yeah. And then she finally got away. She ran, 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 ran into her car, drove off, threw up somewhere, cried a bunch, and then went home and left Destiny. And based on how, God, what a horrific experience! Listen, at seventeen, yeah, yeah, no, she, I, I think I would have, she's, I would have cornered, told my mom. But this is what I was gonna say. Like last episode, I said, I, her strength and the fact that she was able to like, um, not just yell, but like. Because I'm thinking of myself at 17, I I feel like I would have been so scared in that situation. I don't think I would have handled it with even as much, like, strength as she did. Yeah. Yeah, I just know I couldn't. So, um, but yeah, oh, very awful. Very awful, but unfortunately very real because, as we know, isn't it like almost damn near every girl knows somebody, if not themselves. No, I'm, I'm quiet right now because I'm thinking and I'm just like, there are many scenarios you know what I mean? Yeah. As a high schooler, and it's I'm I'm just it's sinking in my head like how 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 do you respond to situations like that? No, you think you you're in a don't. safe space and you are actually not. It's it's hmm. never it's never safe. 
as as a woman it's it's even less safe as a black girl yeah um but yeah Crazy. my kids will not be going to college parties until they're in the college and i'm like you know <laughs> babes i love you and i know you're probably gonna sneak around dude anyways but if you hear me if you care of yourself like, i w- I hope that I have a type of relationship with the youngins where they would feel comfortable coming to me about anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I hope I'm always there for you and I can always I'm always around to support you. But like when you go into a world where I cannot control that environment that you're in and something happens, I hope you feel empowered to come and talk to me so we can walk through a lot of these things. And I don't want you to feel shame around all that. It's not your fault. And you know, I hear what they were saying as well, like it's kinda shitty that we have to tell our girls don't go to this place, don't go to that place. But I ain't got many more solutions. I'm gonna try and raise upstanding citizens as boys. If my if my if I have a son and he's anything like TJ, I know I've succeeded. I know I've done my very like I have aced the game. I'm gonna try my very hardest, people. But the rest of y'all's little raccoon ass children, I cannot trust them. I cannot control them. So the best I'm gonna tell my daughter is there's not a a sane college boy who's gonna look at your underage ass and think that's normal. Everybody else who does need yeah. to be behind the bars and you should not be in that space and that's the best i can do it but is parenting and don't make friends with people who are jealous of you who who you know i will say this moms can be wrong sometimes but they're never wrong about friends no they um, tend to be correct yeah i think parenting because you have to raise your children to learn to live in a world on their own yeah because once, you know, if, even when you're in this house with me, when you go to school, when you go into school bus, like you're on your own, you're representing yourself. So I hope that whatever skill set or tools I've given you, you're able to apply them and be independent and very vocal, very, especially girls, be very vocal. I don't know, scream at the top of your lungs about yeah. what's happening around you and point it out, point out the wrongs. Um, but yeah, mothers are always right about about certain friends yeah once you come by the house for a sleepover they're gonna look at you and be like mm-hmm. and then once they leave they're <laughs> yeah. gonna pull you come here girl yeah that girl she don't like you yeah <laughs> i can tell she don't like you and they tend to be right yeah so with this flashback we actually dive into what's happening now when they're in danny's room and of I course the next chapter no yeah i think it is chapter 15 i believe because now it's in prince's perspective yeah. um and we're continuing where we stopped in the real world. <laughs> I heard her describe the flashback to the real. Anyway, the real world now. And Prince can tell that as he's kissing her, you know, rubbing her back, she's wincing and she's uncomfortable. And he, and he knows. Like, Are you okay? He, and she's just like, yeah, I'm good, whatever. But then when he goes in to like kiss her again, I think it's he when he can grabbed tell. her bra strap. Yeah. Like that specific touch became a trigger, and she said, like, "Stop it! Like stop!" And of course he did, because like I said, he is the he's the respectful. He's very. Respectful. I know we shouldn't praise fish for swimming, but this little boy it's is a lot for a six, like, 16, 17 year old. He's top tier. He's top tier. He he doesn't ask why. He doesn't. He stops immediately. The first thing he says is, "Did I hurt you?" Yeah. And I'm sorry if I did. And she's like, "You didn't." And then he's like, "Let me get your shirt." And then she's like, just get out. And he's like, okay. Like, and he leaves. And he leaves. But he does say, he's like, I knew we shouldn't have come up here. Like, which, absolutely which reasonable. Yeah. I think <clears throat> his entire um, insight into the situation was reasonable. That's oh, how yeah. you should react. You're a human being. Like, you have to, you have questions around it. Exactly. So, um, 
Yeah, and then we move on to chapter 16, and this is now Danny. This is post the night with PJ. Um, it seems it seems in the opening of the chapter that Danny has actually gone back to being a recluse because this whole situation has triggered something in her that she has not resolved or shared with anybody. And so Rashida and Essie actually show up at her house. And how they know that my girl is wallowing and sulking is because Danny's mom yeah. realized that something has happened. Like, I, she doesn't know. You know, they're gone for the weekend. Like, you know, we don't know what's going on, but she's in a funk. And so she takes it upon herself because she listens to her daughter mm-hmm. and says, let me call her two best friends, Rashida and Essie, to come by and help her out. Maybe this could be something good for my daughter. I don't think she called them. I th- oh, she called them while they showed up. I don't know what it Rashida was. Rashida had that feeling again. She's like, she's ignoring us again. Something's happened. Um, And I think Prince also told Malik to ask Rashida. And what's going on? The minute Prince asked Malik to ask Rashida, Rashida's clueing, okay, so something's happening to Prince. Let me go check on this girl. She's not ignoring us. Something's happened. But this time, we're not going to allow you to just wallow. Like, you, yeah, you got to get up and talk about keep it. going. As she should. So, um, Yeah, they call her out for trying to go back into her, into the darkness of something has happened. And yeah. they say, girl, like, that's not how life is. I'm so sorry. It's just not. I cannot imagine having the emotional capacity to say that to my friend, call you out. I'll tell you, girl, to wallow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be a recluse. The world is cruel. And that's what uh, Essie almost did, right? Yeah. And she oh, said, no, oh, wait. She said, let's go watch Love Jones. And one of them was like, yeah, she's no, like, no, we're no, not doing that. We're not. We're not doing along. that, girl. Get up. Yeah. Take a shower. They did her hair. Yeah. Like, they said, it was like, it felt like girl by destiny's child like it really <laughs> is i'm your girl you're my girl we your girls don't you know that i love you Woo! <laughs> like that's literally what it felt like i know it's very difficult for me in particular to move on a day without talking about destiny's child or beyonce <laughs> it's hard i talk about that woman and her her legacy and the girls the girls kelly and michelle all the time yeah we know you're deep in your stand bag every day you know what Destiny's Child needs to do? They need to go back on that stage and perform for me. I feel like they just did that. When? Um, homecoming. You said just. Yes, just. I want you to do the math. I swear they came out also for one of the Renaissance dates, or am I bugging? Yes, to watch Beyonce perform. They didn't go on stage. Oh, well. Yes, the last time was, was definitely Coachella. Before that was the Super Bowl. But that was many years ago. <laughs> you Maybe you don't want to. Have you thought about that? Did you see Kelly performing with drag versions of Michelle and Beyonce? Where? I don't know where she was at, but she. I want to say like something like that can only happen in like Brazil. Mm. So, <laughs> no offense to Brazil. I know we got a couple listeners out there. We no, love it's the biggest pride. It's the Chiamo. biggest pride in the world. Chiamo <laughs> Falcon. We're sorry. Brazilian Portuguese is a beautiful language. We enjoy it a lot. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> no, but there were drag versions of Beyonce. And oh, Michelle. really? Yeah. Interesting. And I was like, huh. But anyways. I know she was in Australia recently because she has a huge Maybe fan base there. Let me tell you, when you go to Australia, it's a different type of vibe. Beyonce, Beyonce who? That. They oh, love no, Kelly Rowland. They Never absolutely mind. love Kelly Rowland. That's where her prominent oh. hits are. That makes sense, though, because her she hits did. are more inter. When I mean international, I mean like they go beyond. Like yeah, because she had more typical. house hits. Yeah. and stuff. She um, she was her and that song. Oh my god. When love takes over. Ooh, that song, yeah. cracking it. It's Every really Kelly Rowland like song that's made mm-hmm. to the billboards is really, really, really good. Tonight, um, 
yeah so and also in this how this chapter ends is that danny goes through just a lot of introspection she did really good for herself i'm proud of her i'm telling you she was questioning she she recognizes okay there's a problem here i'm having this trauma response to something that honestly i haven't even dived into Mm. and so she feels to herself am i stringing prince along yeah like am i being fair to him i feel like him and i have a great bond and i really really want him i like him a lot but like i'm not really sure maybe i need to spend some time figuring out what i need to do for myself so i can be a better person for him you were 17 years old facts how did you even know that you were 17 years old (laughs) why are you teaching me i'm 27 (laughs) like i was i was suspicious Is very suspicione. Who taught you that? Like, honestly, is he the FBI? Is he a CIA? <laughs> How do you know that? Why do you think you're better than me? <laughs> oh, so you think you're better than me, huh? Mm-hmm. I have a full time <laughs> job. What do you have, Danny? <laughs> Danny a typewriter. Respect. <laughs> That's what she got. <laughs> no, old jokes aside, amazing honestly. that she thought about that. Do you know how long it would take me to think about that? Yeah, at this age, I'm still thinking about it because I'm going to be so real with you. <laughs> Call me a bad person. Had I been in the same situation, I would be like, I'm going to hold on for dear life to this boy because I don't know what's going to happen. I know I'm shit, but I'm going to find a way to work through it in the relationship. Even as she was saying it, I was like, Danny, we can work on this inside of the relationship. I didn't have that. I still don't have that perspective that she has. But I admire her. I really do. So, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And she writes him a letter. And she doesn't, she signs up for counseling. She does. And she finishes her essay. She yes, gives she it does. to her dad to read, which I thought was so brave. I know I couldn't do that. I know I couldn't do that. I just know I couldn't. And, um, then of course, at some point, she gives it to her mom, who has a similar response to her dad. Uh, and, uh, she just, there, there, her dad is more like, I'm sorry, I wasn't there to take care of you. But again, you cannot, like Hannah said, you, we have to raise kids to go off into the world themselves. And it's unfortunate people do disgusting things, but like, hopefully he doesn't see it as like, you know, but she also thanks her dad because, because of the, her love for reading and writing, she was able to do a lot of self-healing on her own. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's really nice. And, um, yeah, I just, yeah, it was just, it was beautiful. It yeah. was, it was, it was touching. Again, like, the relationship Danny has with her parents is, is like no other. It's not something I could ever think of, or not think of. That's not something, it's deeper than I've ever seen, uh, personally, but like no other and her mom again we don't hear too much from her mom's perspective but she's on the same length of working with her on everything and she finally throws out the reason she freaked out when pj went to pick up her shirt is because it was in the same corner the dress was that she threw yeah and it was just like trigger after trigger after trigger after trigger so she finally like picked up all the letters all the sundresses and threw in the garbage right where they belong because that does not define her and it was good to see. It was it was good to see, mostly. Until the next chapter. Well, you summarized the last couple of chapters, to be honest. Well, was that 15 and 16? And 18. No, it's not. Well, that's the last chapter when he talks to, about, talks to her dad and everything. <laughs> that was 18, but I forgot 17. 
It's all right. We she summarized the last couple chapters, but you did forget seventeen. Yeah, because I thought that happened. POV. Yeah. A lot of these last few chapters are in her POV. Anyway, sorry. Well, seventeen. She wrote this boy a letter. Okay, and it pissed me off. Well, <coughs> but it made sense. It, I it upset me as the reader because obviously I just want to see them together. But fair enough. She 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 was very honest with him. Yeah. I'll give him that. She for that. She's explained the whole situation. Yeah, and he immediately was like, "How dare this person?" And he was like, "Just based off how I'm feeling, I'm I can only imagine how she's dealt with everything." Mm-hmm. And um, he he was like, "Well, this is, he sent her a text like, take all the time you need. Like, yeah, I'd I'm love to still be you. friends. I'm here for you." And she responded immediately. And then he went home. He had to take some time off from the radio station to to. Which honestly, I think he should, regardless of the situation, <laughs> you. because you're, you're still a you're exactly you have classes. You're retaking some classes, up, you know, upon um, from Mr. Smith's guidance. So I'm glad you took some time off. Yeah, take those PTOs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and his friends come through. You know, they said, "Yeah, let's go cheer our boy up." They're like, "Why are you sulking in your boxers, listening to Jodeci? Get up." <laughs> But they were nice about it. <laughs> they were like, we get it. I don't like, know why people hate. Listen, when it comes to music and music selection, when you're in a funk, I need you to put the saddest thing you got. Just put it on. There's nothing wrong with that. I feel like it emphasizes. It feels like you're the main character and there's a f- there's like a someone recording you in your in your room and and um you just, you know, you're just feeling the feelings. No, for sure. Um but that's what he says. He's like Uncle Rome, like, I used to laugh at him when he would listen to this genre of music, like, those deep R&B cuts. But, like, now I get it. So, at the end of it all, he just, he was just there. He was just feeling the feels. And then he was in his boxers that he did that. But his friends came and they they picked him up and they said, we get it. It'll be fine. You're going to be okay. They laughed a little. And they cried. They which did. was really sweet and i wrote i wrote what did i write i said black boys in touch with their feelings and healing and that is just so beautiful to see it's something i love dearly i you know we are pro black boys in therapy black boys in feelings on this podcast and like yeah we just it was it was a really good to see so that was 17 and then 18 of course she told her parents so i guess we're gonna go into 19 now um yeah it's cute it's so cute we, I know we talked a lot about sisterhood and everything, but the boyhood is something that doesn't get spoken on a lot in yes. books and stuff. So I'm glad that Ebony Liddell gave us a almost a blueprint for other yeah. writers yeah. to take notes and create male character, young male characters that behave this way. They're there for each other. And yes, of course, you have the Wasteman Malik, but like it's what adds to the soup. You know what I mean? It bring agree. it gives it more texture. I agree. Um, and I love that. They're they're always there for each other. I think I always go back to that whole scene of like, you know, he's spending a lot of time with Danny and stuff when they were just like, Boy, where have you been? <laughs> Hang out with us. Exactly. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. Okay, so then that was Can you pause for a second? Yeah, we love it. Um, yeah, very beautiful to see just like the friendship 
sorry y'all for jumping again but like y'all got the gist of it you should read go and read the book if you haven't but we loved it like a lot of it is just danny going through the healing process and and of course pj in his own right as well and you know it is what it is. oh they also made to tell us before that there's been a bit of time jump i think they see each other in the hallways maybe or am i bugging yeah so the span of the whole book is like six months yeah it's like the and like towards this particular section when the essays have been sent to the colleges so that's like january 1st so like now we're going to like closer to it gets warmer so maybe march april they're in yeah yeah so yeah but essentially that's where we're gonna stop you guys (laughs) yeah we gotta let's let's stop here let's take let's take a break (laughs) we're gonna come back next week with the final chapters and i guess we'll just tell you as well what our next book will be we've actually read this book but we want to we just want to revisit it a little bit we loved it we loved the author she was the first author we read on this podcast so we will be reading um bolu babalola's love in color an anthology a mythological anthology yeah go ahead um and uh yeah we will be visiting that before we go into the month of love february as we go into the month of love february um before we read our next book i think it's important for us to revisit sometimes (laughs) it is and loving color it's a bunch of short stories and they're being retold did you tell them what it's about I said it's a mythological anthology. So essentially, it's, it's break a, it down for the it's several down for listeners. love stories, or not love stories. It's several mythological tales from, from across the world. The world. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's written sh- short love stories for them. Some already having love stories, and I think some she makes love stories for. They're all just all love of stories. them have love stories except the last one, which is her favorite one, her mother and her oh, father's love yes, story. Yes, from yes. what I remember. Yes. I remember that's what it was. And um some of them she she writes within the con the historical context that they're written in and some she modernizes to I remember one was um like a they worked for a magazine or something. It was very ugly Betty. Yeah, it was it was so she chose yeah. Greek mythology. Yeah. And like she yeah, it's it's a hundred percent ugly Betty. The per- Iranian Persian one was one of my favorites. That but we we'll get into that. We'll get into it. We'll read it. <laughs> we'll revisit it. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you got I know we said new year, but sometimes we gotta go back to the old books. You but know? maybe some of these people don't even haven't even listened and to it. And maybe some of you have not listened to it. Yeah. So you should pick it up so that when we talk about it, you can follow along with us and fall in love as well. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to be heading into our last week of uh, Love Radio. And I am <laughs> I feel like I haven't given this book enough time to, to like, to to simmer, to, to do its thing. It but will. I, you know what? Oh, God, I can't believe I'm saying this. I am going to keep this one on my bedside. Okay. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I, there was a particular time where I really judged the Julia for doing that. Because I thought, like, what is this type of unhealthy attachment? But Love Radio, I'm going to keep this one by my bedside. And just know that it's within reach when I really need to, like, revisit some of the different emotions that I felt while I was reading it. So... You're coming with me. <laughs> Don't be surprised if before you bed you go, night prince. You just pile like, oh prince, because that's what I was doing with Obi. I was like, bye Obi. Like, have a good night. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. And the cover is so and pretty. And that's the cover what and that's what separates has. you from me. 
No, you and I are not the same. Has a really pretty cover. I'd be like, aw, every time because I appreciate okay, it. Okay, so I got the hard copy. You got the paperback. Yes. Yeah, so she has the one with the two teens on the cover. So one's on our Instagram, y'all. I mean, I think both are right now. Oh yeah, both of them are. Yeah, but so. the paperback. I'm sorry, the hard cover is the one I I was introduced yeah. to. So this is the only one I i thought it was anyway um yeah we oh god i cannot believe this ending we just started i know <laughs> literally <laughs> we just started um no yeah we loved it like i said <laughs> i don't want to leave detroit <laughs> i want to stay right imagine? here in michigan we've been to a few places through literary works um this past year for us but detroit's the one that really has and i think that's fair to say like even within the other books that I've loved, I've not fallen in love with the location. Yeah. Like Miss Ebony Liddell, clap for yourself because you made me, you romanticized Detroit. And I'm I'm not saying that's an impossible task or whatever, but like, you know, it's easy to fall in love with places like London or New York or Paris or what, the ones that we're used to seeing They're so mainstream. Exactly. People travel there every moment of the day, but Detroit I don't hear y'all go to Detroit that often. Exactly. But let me tell you, this year cannot end without me stepping foot in Detroit. <laughs> Seriously. And we're we going to make sure we have photographic evidence of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but thank you guys. As always, if you're just as wrapped up in this book as we are, let us know on our email. Romantic at, what's our email? Romanticallylit at gmail.com. Our Twitter. Our it's <laughs> a tough day for producers. <laughs> And our TikTok at romantically lit. If you don't, if you don't want to talk about the book, but you want to talk about another book, please let us know. Um, if you have suggestions, anything, we just want to hear from y'all. We love hearing from you guys. We really do. So yeah, and we just hope you have a blessed week. And thank you. Bye, y'all. Thank you.